Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to this week's episode of The Neuro Show. In today's episode... Sad times as a pro race is still using homophobia in their race promotion. Does the death of another Grand Fondo mean the death of road cycling? NorCal shows us that a 34mm tyre can be as fast as a 28. Who's setting an alarm to refill their tubeless wheels? Well, Jesse is, so let's talk about it. All right, let's get into it. White shirt day, Jesse Coyle. Oh, I know. <laughs> this doesn't go on, shirt day, ladies and gentlemen. It's the back end of January. I'm back in town. Sweet. What's been going on? Oh, there's been quite a bit going on. Quite a lot. Where do we start? Lots of lots of stuff. I mean, I had to start off with this. Um, E3 Saxo Classic is a UCI-sanctioned World Tour race. They've released a terrible homophobic race-promoting tweet. I can't even believe this existed, so I'm going to run you through it start to finish what's happened here. So there's a cyclocross race a couple of days ago, quite a few crashes. Well, Van Aert crashed and his saddle came off. So he was, he was riding around without a saddle. Then E3 Saxo Classic, who are known for doing these controversial. Oh, okay. They have a history of this, do they? They have a history of this most year doing very poor taste advertising and race promotions. Put this up on Twitter, which has now since been deleted. I would say they've deleted it and apologized for it. But I wanted to just bring it up anyway because I I can't believe that this ever got released. It is decades out of touch. Okay. So it's here. Now it's it's not in English. I'll translate it for you. So it's a picture of Wout Van Art riding along his bike without a saddle. And then in the top caption says, Wout Van Art crosses the line without a saddle. LGBT, LGBTQ community, very enthusiastic. Ah. Oh. So. Okay. Uh, the cheapest, worst. Because his saddles come off. Yep. It's yep. like some anal joke. Yep. Right. Just yep. A, a, a gay wow. sex reference. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> and then in the little caption here um, with the crowd, with the rainbow flag behind them, it says, uh, the translation got to be off, but basically everyone excited about the rainbow jersey from Vanderpool, of course, then making light of the fact that it's a rainbow flag. And, oh, no, it's just for, for Vanderpool. Um, so two terrible jokes. In one. I mean, it's not even funny. And that's So that was released by a World Tour-sanctioned race. I mean, I don't even understand how, how that gets through, how the UCI seemingly also don't care. I, 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 I'm almost lost for words. It's a bit of a shocker, actually, isn't it? Like, 
I don't know whether this is a comment on oh, – I don't necessarily want to go too far down that route, but, like, yeah, I mean, there is a – there is – how do I put this? There's a, there's a stereotypical Belgium cyclocross fan and, yeah, this – probably plays into that, which isn't great, doesn't make an excuse for it. But it's uh, – so there hasn't been any sanctioning for, for that, seemingly? All, all that happened was they put it on Twitter, 24 hours later they deleted it and said, sorry, mm. and, and, and we carry on. I mean, I just don't think it's good enough. No, that's pretty poor. I, I, it's got the UCI in there. Yeah. So the funny the, – the, the dumbest thing is in – the image, it's got the UCI World Tour logo because it's a World Tour race. How the UCI don't – just the UCI should just scrap the race from the World Tour as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't even know how apologizing – I mean, it just should never go out <laughs> ever. I mean, and then will the UCI do anything? Probably not, which is more also just a reflection of – the UCI's attitude towards the whole thing, because as far as I can tell, they don't seem to care because they haven't even commented on it. No, but we will ban uh, angled levers very, very abruptly. Like I just, I, I kind of, anytime this sort of stuff happens, I always think about what's the process that gets to this point. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know with with social media and, and everything. Like some of those barriers come down in terms of the checks and protocols that, that go into place for, for things to happen. But I just can't imagine, like, surely this this has gone beyond. This is, okay, so it's clearly been drawn by this Bart Van Bigham guy, bottom yeah. left. So he's obviously the artist. So yeah. the creator is not the person who has published this. No. So there's, there's at least two eyes that have seen this at some point. And neither of those two eyes went, ah, actually, you know what? It's 2024. Like, I'm not sure this is the route we take. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, to me, this always comes back to this thing of actually who's who's running the sport and who's actually – who's got the power, who's, who's involved in this. And I made that comment, uh, was it last week or the week before, where I, I didn't think the boys in Switzerland would do anything about the – the, the changing of the telecasts and the coverage and this type of stuff. And the reason I said that is because there is a still a very clear gender stereotypical person who is running our sport. And it's the people that probably all sat around and went, ah, let's get this out. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I can't really imagine this. So look, because then the other way you look at it is, well, what would happen to other sports if, if this, I can't imagine the NFL coming out with this on one of their leagues. Like, it's just embarrassing. So um, I wanted to, yeah, put this in because I, I, I just, another just dumbfounded moment and it's just, it's just terrible. It's not even funny. So No, that's a fail. I'll be uh, ensuring to not watch E3 Halbeck this year. Yeah. Yep. I love when a video that I'm really interested in does well. Yes. I, I really do. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so what am I talking about here, Jesse? It's the NorCal How Wide is Too Wide video, 109,000 views, bang. Absolute brilliant video. Just I'm going to run different width tires. I'm going to ride around the same course with my mate, and we're going to see what the times were. Brilliantly done. 
from my perspective, the the reason I was so this ticked all the boxes in terms of the type of the type of terrain it's that's ridden on the type of bikes. I mean, it was down uh, the one of the reasons I was so interested in it is because I think he was actually using some of the reserve wheels, which like okay, brilliant. That's that's what I'm using. So again, that's a that's another tick in the box. Um, and like you said, consistent powers around the powers and the speeds that I use, not 150 watts up a hill for eight minutes, like good solid Chris Miller, 300 watts, perfect, love it. And the results, um, I'm not overly surprised as such, or you are? I was blown away and almost kind of saddened because my bike won't take anything wider than a 28. So I'm sitting here going, I mean, I already knew this, but it was really cool just to see it in real life on a course, not some theoretical test or yeah, a rolling resistance thing on a drum, just someone out there riding it. So I've got the chart here. Let's just go, summarize the results for those that didn't watch the video. So it was NorCal. He did his local loop. He had a 28 mil, a 32 and a 40, uh, 28, 32 and 34 millimeter wide tires. So going in, the sort of hypothesis is at least in my head, maybe the 28 and the 32 are similar speed, but you go to 34 and it, and it really bites and it slows you down. That was kind of what I went into the video thinking. We look at the results in terms of time. 28 mil tire across the board between him and his mate was the slowest. So if I look at Jeff's result here, it took him 15 minutes and 43 seconds. When he went to the 32 millimeter tire, 15 minutes and 24 seconds. So almost 20 seconds faster with a 32 mil tire. So faster, that'll also be more comfortable and you'll have better grip. So that's, that's a win instantly. But then you go, okay, well, 34 millimeter tire, that's wider. I mean, geez, you, that's got to be slowing you down. But results for that was 1539. So kind of splitting the difference between the 28 and the 32 millimeter wide tire. Uh, his mate that he was riding with had the same results, 28 millimeter slowest, 32 millimeter fastest, 34 millimeter. Speed yeah. But the as the speed, and this is what got me as the speed went up and as the wattage went up, the gaps became, well, uh, between the, the wider tires became less and less. So the, it was pretty much like what, uh, 13 minutes, 50 seconds for the 28, for the, for the 32 and 1553. So only three seconds between that and the 32 mil. Like, yep. Okay. That actually did really surprise me. I, I have ridden 34 mil tires in the past. And at no point did I consider that that was a viable on road race solution. Like I just, it, no, I kind of thought light gravel, maybe transition gravel is potentially <laughs> if that's yep. a thing. But but to consider it as a road option, like that's that's a bit of a game changer. The only thing that I would, uh, Jeff, go back out, do them all again because I want to see it tubeless. So they were running they were running tubes, mm -hmm. which I think is just basically a nod to practicality. Like there is probably no way they could have done that with three wheel sets and all the rest that would have been involved in that. So the other caveat here is those reserve wheels are very wide with a wide internal width results may vary with different rim widths, but 
you know, they can't go out there with six different sets of wheels and do that. So that will slightly change the results. But if you're just looking at this at a high level, now this is coming from me who has a 25 mil tire on the front and a 28 on the rear. I'm looking at this now going, well, I'm going to be racing someone who's running 32s. Maybe we go 28 on the front for a little bit more uh, tire to rim transition for aerodynamics and a 32 on the rear. They'll probably be going a few watts faster than I am and it'll be more comfortable and they'll have more grip. Like we are legitimately in, I need a new bike territory unless all I'm doing is riding around Centennial Park where it's dead smooth, perhaps not. But, you know, if I'm looking at our local criterium tracks, we've got Heffron Park. If I'm riding up to Bobbin Head and doing a 100-kilometer road loop on that bumpy terrain, I it's just, to me, this is just the nail in the coffin of Coil needs a new bike because, you know, 25s aren't really cutting the mustard anymore, 28 again. Just a quick correction. So he was running Reval wheels, not the not the reserve wheels, but... Similar, similar internal rim width and that kind of thing. And this, uh, I think what kind of got me with this is it, it backs up what I have felt anecdotally for the last six months. So I have had the opportunity to, to switch between wheel sets and, as you know, switch quite a lot between the tyres. And I definitely felt that going up to 28 to 30 was a – I wasn't losing anything. Was, was definitely what I was feeling. I did feel a tipping point beyond that going to 32, but that's 32 with a tubeless setup on a, a slightly wider internal wind rip, wind rim width. I don't know why I struggle with that so much, um, which was blowing out to sort of 33. So there was probably – I was probably entering that territory um, in that regard. And I know a lot of the pushback towards this, and you, you hear it on any of the – the full techie stuff is that the there is an aerodynamic trade-off to that front <laughs> frontal up. thing, yeah. right? I just to me that it's how fast do yeah, they think people that, are riding? It's so it. irrelevant. But I think that's it. For, for me, I I've made the mental shift now. I've got it out of my head that narrower at the front is faster because it just it just even if it isn't, the differences aren't dramatic enough for me to consider going a narrower tire. Yep. Yep. I think that's fair to say. Like if, yeah. I, if, I think, if I think about, okay, what would be the one change I would make to the setup that I ran at Grafton Twin Rail next year? What would be the one change? I ran 25 mil tires. The one change I would make would be to go 28 and 30s. Absolutely. That would, that would be it. But, you could, but, I mean, based off what you're seeing here – you could do 32, 34 mm. front and rear. Yeah. Well, you definitely I could. Mean, I mean, yeah. that's – I can't wait for the day. I honestly can't wait for the day you do it and put them, put it on and run it and hear that singing sound of a 32 running 60 PSI and you'll be wondering what the hell you've been doing. I, I don't – no, but hold on. No, no. Hold, whoa, whoa. Hold, pump the brakes. I've been I've been saying for quite a long time I I want to yes, run wider yeah. tires. I just can't be bothered buying a twelve thousand dollar bike just so I can get a three mil wider mm-hmm. tire. And especially because I'm already running mine at sixty five psi, twenty eight rear, twenty eight front tubeless. So I've, I'm, 
I'm doing what I can with my current setup to get closer to that. Obviously, when I eventually do it, it'll be a big jump. Am I going to buy a new bike just to do that? Look, if this was six months ago, I'd say hell no. This video from NorCal, it's almost to the point where I need to get a bike that will fit wider tires. Unfortunately for me, that's going to have to be a disc brake bike. And I'm just going to have to eat the downsides of that because, I mean, the results speak for themselves. I'm not saying you've got your head in your sand, like pretending. I know the realities of what you're saying financially. I'm just purely saying I just want to be there for that first ride that you do. And I just can't wait to see, well, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like? That's actually- I know it's going to be good. It's going to be so freaking buttery smooth and I'll be going just as fast and it'll be amazing. What's also good about this is it does put some some numbers and some results out to – because we're all really bad at feeling sensations on a bike. And the reality is when you do have the 55 PSI on the, the fatter tyres, they do in certain circumstances feel – slower quote unquote yep and it's it's kind of reassuring to see this especially across the 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 different speeds and it was interesting hearing hearing someone talking about how slow the pro peloton has been to move across and and it hasn't been the engineers and the technicians that have been dragging their feet it was the riders dragging their feet because they didn't like the feeling of the wider tires because they wanted the like seat of the pants, tubular, 120 PSI. I'm fucking rocking here, boys. <laughs> like that means I'm racing. Yeah. Like now we are seeing the reality of that in actual data. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. I, I just to back up what you said, it was cool to hear them say in their testing in, in Norcal's video that it didn't feel that fast, but then they have the numbers directly side by side and then you can take what you want out of that. And it's yeah, good lesson, I think. I was kind of thinking about like, how this affects people's well, – we've always had this discussion about how this affects bike reviews, right, because, you know, this is such a tangible sensation on the bike. I would love to hear from someone like – you know that Warren Rossiter guy, the, yeah. that bike rider guy? He's, like, been riding, reviewing bikes, I think, since we were in nappies. He's the Don. He's yeah. the OG of bike I reviews. would love to get his thoughts on on this because – so much of the the chat about how a bike performs, he's got that he's got that history, that residual feeling of sensations about certain geometries and things like that, how how it plays out, and whether he kind of thinks that doing this makes all bikes feel the same. Does that make sense? Because I I kind of feel like if. We've, we keep saying this, like if you put the 55 PSI into an Aeroad, an S5, a SL8, whatever it is, can you really tell the difference? Is that a good thing or is maybe that's a bad thing that they're just some sort of homogenized sensation? Now, speaking of bike reviews, Jesse Coyle, um, I am uh, – well, they called our bluff on it, didn't they? Um, so – Merida have um, announced the Sculptura 9000 was selected by yours truly as the bike of the year. Neuro show, um, neurocycling shows Chris Miller picks the Sculptura 9000 as the bike of the year. Uh, quote, the bike I ended up choosing was the Merida Sculptura 9000. I would happily ride this bike. <laughs> and this is scroll fantastic, a little bit further down and yep. – 
There it is. The Nero Show Nero approved badge. Yes. <laughs> the badge that Thank we were taking the piss out of biker or giant for just slapping on. Well, Merida called our bluff mm-hmm. and they've slapped the Nero approved logo on the Merida yeah. 9000. And to say after careful consideration for bike of the year based on many characteristics, Chris Miller of the Nero Cycling Show mentioned and then there we go. I I love this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, that wasn't a joke pick. No. You legitimately 100%. think it's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yep. So that was yep. you, and for, for the reasons that you laid yep. out, that was legitimately your bike Correct. of the year. Yep. I just, this is now the funniest, uh, how do I even, uh, what's the best way to describe this? Almost highlighting the, laugh- the laughable nature of Bike Radar's bike of the year and pointing out, Really, how funny that is because it's basically just someone there's picked it after riding it once. Um, so I think this is funny. Also, it's a good bike, and I love that they've they get what we're doing and they've they've run with it. I think this is yeah hilarious and really good. I look at it the other way. I'm okay. I'm actually uh, I think I think what they've done is they've they've picked up on the fact that we we were pretty. We were pretty detailed and and I thought um, well well researched well well enough researched for for what we came up with and they've sort of gone okay well that's that's about as good as anyone else out there and we'll we'll slap that on it I am I am interested though Jesse that your selection the what was it the it's the Canyon, Canyon Arrow yeah right Canyon Canyon haven't picked up on it so no, I think ultimately what's been said there is that the bike industry values my opinion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They went over, coil. Uh, over the coil. Yeah, we don't care what we you don't think. Care. Uh, yeah. I, that I, is very. I true. should point out, I had no idea this was going to happen. This just appeared on on Instagram one day, um. So yeah, fair play to them. So go show them some love. Go to Marita Bikes Australia Instagram and, and like the post. Mm. That would help us. Well, it wouldn't really help us out. It would just be cool if people get around it. I, I'd highly rate that. So go and check it out. Or throw some comments underneath it saying, asking, does it hold its speed? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we really want to see. So I was watching a bit more because um, you, you made a comment there last week. It's like, where, where's the tour done under content online, et cetera, et cetera. And I was, I was having to sniff around YouTube and um, discovered a, a, a channel down there. I think it's called like Racing in Adelaide or something like that. And yeah. He's, he does some crits down there, which is good. I always, always enjoy watching those. And he did he did one there where he was doing the car park crit, I think we're calling it. Yep, yeah. the Oakley Car Park Climb yep. so, presented by Wilson Parking. Yes. So essentially you all start at the bottom of a car park, you race to the top of it, three people each race. And look, I'll be honest, I watched it because there was a crash in it and the guy was trying to pedal halfway through the corner and I'm just like feeling sad for this poor bloke. I think he's gone and busted his shoulder, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, so I sent this on to you harmlessly, sort of thinking like, oh, maybe we could chat about pedaling through corners. You've taken this a whole other route. I This is a depressing reality of the state of road cycling in Australia. All right. Lay I've it on me. Full, yeah. Lay it on me, Jesse let's, let's, Can I just say it, like – for those that aren't aware, the Tour Down Under is in Adelaide. You've got the, the pro race, and then there are all these periphery events for people to get involved in. So the Tour Down Under run group rides. That's one of the things. There's a few other things going on. So there is the Garmin Wollonga Hill Time Trial. Mm-hmm. There is the video you're mentioning here, 
riding circles around a car park. Group rides, as I mentioned, you've got the rattle gravel. Gravel race is the first year that that was run. And then you've got a, a family ride for, for the kids. There is one event missing this year that has been there most of the other years. And that is the Grand Fondo. The tour down under Grand Fondo, it's called the Booper Challenge Tour. It's been on most of the other years from what I can remember. And that's scrapped this year. So if you're, if you're a roadie, you're going to the Tour Down Under, doing a Tour Down Under branded supported event, you can ride around a car park, do a gravel race, ride up Wollonga Hill. That's it. Now, why I think this is sad, I want to go through some numbers and just kind of show the reality is because we did talk about this last week about how, how many people do we think we're at the Tour Down Under and things like that. So firstly... The Wollonga Hill Climb, one of the main events. Firstly, Wollonga Hill, for those that don't live in Australia, haven't been to Adelaide, is not in Adelaide City. You have to drive, really. If you're going to do a hill, Wollonga Hill Climb, you have to drive there. You'd have to warm up and do it as a separate event. You can't really ride out, do it seriously, and ride back. It'd be like a 160K day. So in the hill climb, I looked up the results. There was 65 men and 14 women finished. So that, that as an event is just a joke. It does nothing for participation. So that's basically a complete waste of time. The, the car park hill climb thing was even less. That was, it was basically a showcase event. This is more about spectating. So when you look on the website, it says, come down and there's a DJ and cheer on the, the people riding around a car park. So that's not even something to get into if you're a roadie. Rattle gravel. Every day I turned on the, the, the stream of the actual pro race. They were mentioning the rattle gravel. It was the biggest thing ever. There was 280 people total that did that event. So in the long course, 48 women and 200 men. And then in the short course, 10 women and 20 men. 280 people. That's hardly anything. And that's pretty much it. So if I add up all that, 280 plus, let's say, 100 for the hill climb, 40 doing the car park thing, you're at like 400 people max doing any sort of engaging kind of ride or competitive event. There was one other event that was on at the Tour Down Under, which was the Crits. What was the attendance like at the Crits? Pretty good. So we had, uh, was 60 to 70 on the Monday, almost 100 on the Tuesday. I didn't race the Thursday, which was the more marquee one, which was the, the World Tour girls were there racing that one. Um, but those numbers were pretty high. What, did you get an eye on any of the lower grades, the B grade, C grade? Similar, similar-ish numbers. Yeah, they had they had lots of grades, um, lots of grades going on. Okay, so we'll say 50, 60 per yep. grade, four grades. Yep. That's that's for the men. Yep. So let's say four hundred men raced, and let's say about half, even half that did for the women. That's that's two hundred, six hundred. So the crit was probably the most attended event out of any of them. Over the thing, and it's not even part of the tour down under. It's literally run by the cycling club. It gets zero promotion, pretty much. Um, What's so we'll your issue that. here? Because I've I've got stuff I want to say. Get get okay. to, get to I'm your gonna point. Get to, I'm right. going to get to the point. The big point here is the Booper Tour in 2023 had 1,700 people do it. Starts in Adelaide. You ride the World Tour stage. Finishes back in Adelaide. Back in 2019, it had 2,864 people finish it. My point being. What is happening to road cycling? It's, 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 I mean, the tour down under from a road attendance is, 
is dead. And even most of the people attending have nothing to do. There's no Grand Fondo. If you're into road cycling, what do you do? Or ride around a car park and crash in corners. Do a gravel race, which is really hard to get access to because you have to have all your you got to get a gravel bike and then what tires and then all the equipment sided i don't think gravel is good for participation you want to do a road event you go buy a 105 road bike at your local shop and put some gp 5000s and off you go or you do a crit which isn't even part of the tour down under uh, so that's my point yeah okay is is i just it's just sad i don't know how you can think the tour down under was a good is a good state i got a few different ways i want to Talk about this. I, okay, so anecdotally, um, it's it's interesting you brought up the booper because uh, I ran into actually the, the two days that I was riding home from the crit, I ended up riding home with just a couple of random people and we were talking. They didn't race. They'd just come down to, to watch it. And just as it happens, those those people were mentioning that they normally, they, they always come down to Adelaide to do the ride. They just call it the ride. And I was sort of asking, oh, what what do you mean? Like to ride out to the stages. And they're like, no, no, we do the the challenge ride. That's that's why that's why they come out here. It's it's something they train for. Essentially, it's probably something that you've seen a little bit in the past with some of your athletes. And they were they went to the crit more because they were kind of looking at the idea, oh, should we maybe we should do that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Tomorrow night because we do. We've you're on a cycling holiday. You kind of are looking for disciplines to do and that sort of stuff. And I know people will, I, I think, take some of this chat a little bit the wrong way in the sense that we're we're being we're almost like gatekeeping these other um, elements of the sport. It's it's not that at all. In fact, what we're sort of suggesting is the most open and inclusive event to do is the mass participation road bike. The, the, I don't want to do, I, I'm, I regard myself as a pretty experienced cyclist. I don't want to race a car park. I saw this guy clip a pedal. I know how dangerous that is. That's not something that's going to go and get thousands and thousands of people to do because it is, it's, it's pretty dangerous. So anyways, coming, coming back to these, these guys, they were sort of saying, look, we're, yeah, we're just sort of meandering around now. That's why they end up going on a lot of these activation rides with a lot of the the, the brands because, well, that's that's what there now is to do. Now, the gravel. But they're not competitive. No. It's just they're not competitive. Fluffing around, which is good, fine to do a couple of days. So this was a pilot. This is a this is a proof of proof of concept for this particular event. 
it was it was limited to 300 people not only that it was limited to who were the 300 people it was very much a if you know you know type attendance this was not designed to be this year a competitor or a replacement for the Booper event. Will it has, I, I know for a fact, SRAM want this to be a replacement to that event in the future. To the Booper. To the Booper. So, We're talking absolutely. So this is. How is that a replacement? Okay. This, this, is, this is the mindset of those brands that are putting the money into this. I can guarantee you that that is where they want you to go when you're going to Adelaide. That's what they want you to do. Now, the practicality of that is a total shit show. Can no, I start? No, 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 no. No, because I saw this in reality. I, I, I saw the guys who were going down to do gravel, ravel, bavel, okay? And they were there for the week. So what did they do? Well, they some of them brought two bikes. Some of them brought their, their gravel bike and put road wheels on it. Some of them are... Look, the reality is that most of these guys are, if you know, you know, they also know people who know they know and they get bikes from people down there. So the practicality for the actual everyday standard prunter is a total shit show, especially when you're down there to the main reason you're down there. One of the reasons you're down there is to do great road rides, follow the, follow the, the race and that kind of stuff. You can't really be doing that on a setup. Gravel bike. I'm with you. I'm not bashing the event. Mm, no. It's a good high-level gravel race in Australia that was – I followed it. They had really good coverage. Did. You, you told me about this. You're like, check the Instagram stories. They've got a motorbike, race updates. It was brilliant. Mm -hmm. But that's not a punter event. Mm. It's so inaccessible. You need all this gear. Most of the population in Australia live in the major cities. There's no gravel in Sydney. So how are you going to train for it? Everyone road rides. So you go to do it and under to watch a road race – and there's no mass participation road event. And now it's, oh, well, you can go and do rattle gravel. So, so you got to, then, then you need all the equipment. You need a second bike or you can do, okay, whatever. You do your, take your all road thing, sure. It, I, I, it's just this, it's, it's, this sort of little microcosm of Tour Down Under was a reflection of the, the, the changing kind of big pull and tug of the cycling industry um, as a at a higher level, because this is just like what is going on. We don't know. We don't know for a fact whether uh, rattle gravel was the reason for the booper non-start. That that's maybe that's just pure coincidence that this year there's no booper, and it also happened to be the year that completely separately this gravel event takes place. I'll, I'll be. Very surprised. And I can already read the comments. They're going to be like, get over it, dinosaurs. This is this is where the sport is headed. I, I It's a dead end. It's a bridge to nowhere. No one's getting into gravel. You know how many people ride bikes? You go into Centennial Park on a Saturday. There's hundreds of people. There's more people in Centennial Park on a Saturday morning on a road bike than did rattle gravel or would do rattle gravel. So, But there's nothing for them. The Grand Fondos are dying up. The road race is dying up. You go to the biggest road event in the country and there's nothing for you except racing around a car park 
are doing a crit, which is also, look, I'm a crit guy. I'm all for it. It's not a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a massive leap to go and pin a number on a crit. And, and, and now we're, we're being sold gravel race. It's just not going to end well. It's, it, it ends with the sport shrinking. It's a massive cycling event, but the reality is that the finances for this come from the tourist board. This is this event entirely exists for those pretty shots of the coast in the middle of summer and poor old people in Europe are looking at these images of kangaroos bouncing along beaches and, you know, that that's any any cycling event that ever gets off the ground in this country is because of a tourist board got behind it. And I think the the reality, they probably, they're going to see the images of people riding gravel around the McLaren Vale vineyards and they're going to go, you know what, we can we can push that we can push that pretty heavily going forward. So I don't know. It's I, I hear you uh, that the practicalities are a dead end, but I uh, I think the writing, yeah, as we're going to see in the comments, is on the wall. Yep, probably is. I think it's just sad. It's just, yep, it's, I've said my bit. I do want to mention this. So what was the split from from men to women riding the gravel thing? In the long course, there was 48 women and 200 men. I've never seen so many – I mean, it's come off the wrong way, but I, I've literally never seen so many women, groups of women riding bikes as I did in Adelaide last week. It was phenomenal. There's def, like the. I know people want to push that gravel is more inclusive and, and all this sort of stuff. I, it's Such just – I kind of – it's bullshit at the moment. Like <laughs> – Chicks on bikes are happening. It's really, really happening. Big groups of them. And they want to go do events as well, just like the blokes do. It just seems like why now shovel everyone off-road when the demand's there? It really is. One of the first things people will say is, oh, but it's on the road. It's really hard to close the roads and it's so expensive. So, we'll, so you know, gravel's more accessible for that reason. Does that hold water? Does where is that? Is that just a reality, or is it not? Is that just a cop out, cheap excuse, and we just need to do better? Certain circumstances, I think that's probably true, but to, to allow for three—how many people did you say did Booper in twenty nineteen? Two thousand eight hundred. There's, there's no way you could get those sort of numbers on an off-road course and have it be safe. That's the other thing. Like. I mean, part of that booper thing is you went down the freeway at certain points. So there was, it was closed, obviously, but it was like incredibly safe and an awesome experience and, and very, um, yeah, very, very uh, accessible to everyone. Like if you're the last rider in a 2000 wave of gravel riders going through a McLaren Vale forest, I know you get this thing of like, oh, there's no cars, so it's, it's far safer. Really? <laughs> like imagine how rutted out and shat on that bloody course is going to be. I'm not sure if it was a bit wet yeah. too. I mean, again, that's why it's good for the, as a race, mm. it's, it's, it's just a, a, a bucket of crap mm. as a bass participation event. It doesn't work. So I, I, I just go in the wrong direction and that's, 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 that's my piece done. So that's what you got when you sent me a video of blokes running around <laughs> a car park. Um, yeah. You did mention it though. And, and I do want to. I want to say this again. The way they did the coverage on Instagram Story for the rattle gravel thing—that is all you need to do, people. Like that was brilliant. I was semi. I was semi interested. I was 
kind of pleasantly interested in what was going on, but I was suddenly engaged in this just due to uh, a guy on a bike following the the three top groups, tagging the people in there, giving me a guy, an idea on, on time gaps. I'm engaged. I'm happy. That's all I need from domestic amateur racing worldwide. I will watch friggin' a NorCal P1, P2 race. Legitimately <laughs> will watch that if it's just covered like that. Happily. <laughs> and I'll end up knowing who the people are. Like, oh, and he's on an S5. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. 100%. I will, I will ingest that. I don't need bloody three helicopters following. What? Yeah. No, I thought it was really good too. And plus it's brilliant because they tag all the riders in it. The riders share it. Mm. It's the easiest organic exposure you're ever going to get. So they just they hit the nail on the head. And so I, I know I just said it's a, it's a bridge to nowhere for mass participation but as a race, they're doing all the right things mm. and I can't – there's nothing bad to say about it. They, they they nailed it that way. It was mentioned nonstop. All I heard about was Rattle Gravel, so hats off, Rattle Gravel team. Cause... I get the Valtteri thing, gets them on the project, all good. But I felt like you don't even need that. Like what they did, which was, as we said, get the photos, get the, get the, the live race footage, tag the people, and then you just get – you just get 300 people all of a sudden flooding everyone's social media with the cool pictures of them doing this event. That's all you need. And it, it, it floods out really well. Yeah. I've, I've seen the same thing locally. So we've got a time trial in Sydney run by uh, Manly Warringah Cycling Club, the West Ebb time trial. I did it maybe five years ago. But this thing is like taking over. The entries are almost full, I'm pretty sure. that They're, they're nearly selling out because the time trial is on a Sunday. By a Sunday night, there's a Facebook album with all HD photos for free with the Manly logo in it. West Ed time trial, good quality by a good photographer. It's up there. Then you've got 100 people sharing the photos for you. You don't need to pay an ambassador to come to West Ed, use my code. You, you don't even need that. Pay a photographer to cover the event and bang, you're, you're in. It's it's really it's quite smart. Yeah, a little bit of kit chat, uh, maybe some pro cycling stuff, then just some generic bits and pieces as well. Um, so, uh, I did. We we talked about the Visma Lisa bike kits originally. Yeah, didn't, didn't we? like it. You didn't like. I didn't like. It. You didn't like it. Um, I I will just say one thing. That I don't know whether it's just the the overall. It's funny how it's not until you see those a kit in the color palette of the rest of the Peloton, mm-hmm. but that Visma kit is definitely more of a, what's the right word? Like it's a, it's a, the yellow is more of a canary yellow. It looks more fluorescent. It's way more fluoro. It, you could, if you squinted or if you had like an SD television with like a few grains in it, you would swear that it's got a bit of fluoro in it definitely. And it, it pops out of the, the Peloton quite noticeably which is weird because when it the yellow that's on the bikes I don't know like where they're at with painting bikes and stuff this year but the yellow that's on the bikes looks like the older yellow mm. or the more um gold yellow mustardy yellow and so it kind of it's not that it doesn't work but there's clearly a a new kit with older bike logo-y type thing I don't dislike it from just a pure professional cycling, I mean, I'm not going to go buy the kit for God's sake, but I'd say commentators are absolutely loving it just from that actual visual part of it. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the Bora kit? 
I was hyping this when they released it. And people were like, oh, it's hideous. It looks like an Australian jersey. I thought it really stood out in the bunch. I'm, I'm, I'm backing my call there. I think it looked really good. Yeah, the, the bit of yellow helps because that was always the thing with it. It was like so toned down that it was very – was kind of hard to spot. Um, helps that I, – I don't know, that, that maybe might need a few more races because that team that they took to tour down under – the guys in that team were like twice the size of everyone else. You asked me the day before or one of the days before one of the sprints, like, who do you think today? I'm like, well, Wellsford's going to win. Like his, his lead out are legitimately twice the size. You're even just walking up and down, you're like, oh, they're all 12-year-old boys. And, oh, Bora, you're all back rowers who play rugby. <laughs> it was a t- totally different sport that those guys were playing. Um, yeah, I kind of liked it. I, I, do, I did like the green bikes as well. They're kind of mm-hmm. nice, um, as we said last week. And the FDJ bike, my God, it's it's just very, very disappointing in real life. And and so is the kit. I think I actually oh, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the FDJ bike? Because they're not on Lapierre anymore. That's the they that's the Willy Yes, they've gone to the the Willie Air, the the same model as Astana run. Um, but they've gone to it was like a white frame with sort of some some blue decaling on it. It's incredibly forgettable. Okay. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just, I kind of, they seem to have lost their Frenchness, which is a bit, bit sad. Okay. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. Where are you on the hype of the EF kit? I, I, I feel like that kit almost like exploded Instagram for a week when it was launched. They're a tough one for me because I like what they're doing with the kit and the bike. I get it. It pops in an artistic way. It just doesn't do it for me. That kind of paint splash effect. Yeah, I, I like more sharp lines, cut across, more concentric, that sort of vibe. This is too Newtown High School Performing Arts for me. But I, but I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not frothing it. I'm calling that there is too much post-production, too much too – much f- too many filters going on on the photos that we have seen of this bike, okay? Now, the, the, of the kit, sorry. Now, the professional images that you've seen, all the release images that you've seen, you look at it right and it's got the pink and see how that yellow is like just – it's like it's exploding out of that pink. Like it's so visible. You're like, oh, my God, look at how – how cool that looks with the yellow like washed into it and it's got the yellow armband on. It's not, not it doesn't look yellow. It looks like it looks like almost fluoro that it's just coming out of the kit. Do you agree? Is that the sort of images that you're looking at now? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I Actually, reckon that- I reckon they've done the old Photoshop hue saturation, select color, yellow, boost the shit out of it, and get it to pop out of the kit. Because in reality, it doesn't look like that. Oh, It does yes. not look like that. Yeah. It looks nice. Under, it look, it's one of those kits you look at it. I mean, I'm looking at this image at the moment where it's GCN's news article where they released the, the kit. And the, the, the um, rider behind the girl in front, like you can see the yellow in the, in the kit like just – coming out of it. It doesn't, it doesn't pop out like that. Like that is way too enhanced for what's actually going on in real life. It's quite a, a washed out look. 
when you sort of see it in mm. real life. Yeah. Okay. I def. I get what you mean. Yeah. Do you reckon that's a plan of look, we're going to pick two colors that are going to pop when we oversaturate post production? <laughs> well, I mean, well it looks amazing when they does. do that. Like yeah. that's that's the whole skill of that because normally you would not be able to like get yellow to come out of pink like that. It just would sort of blend into mm. it. Mm. So yeah, I, I just I would be very interested to see people's real life opinions of that kit. Like standing next to it, not not a photo of it. Whether they think it's it's so exciting. That said, I I like it. It's just more that I kind of when I saw it in real life, I was like, oh, is that? Oh, oh yeah, it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. There's the yellow. Mm. Only other one I wanted to mention was the uh, the fellow YouTubers, the Tour de Titima Unibet new kit. Any uh, any thoughts on that one? I was conflicted on this because I I really liked the bike. I think what they did with the the over outlining of the logos was quite cartoonish and looked cool and popped. So I rated that. But the actual kit, eh, yeah, I like it. No, uh... nah, it's massively disappointing. You're dead right. The bike is amazing. The bike has got to be one of the best paint jobs I've seen in a long time. And it's like you said, they've got like a pop art effect mm-hmm. on the logos and the colors are really cool. Um, I don't know why they just didn't do that on the jersey. Like, just do that, and you would have had a really, really awesome kit. Like- so it's like a. So they've gone for. Well, firstly, I don't really like that color of blue. It just looks like a starna from the front. Yes. And then just the rainbow sort of fadey band thing. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there is no rainbow fadey band in on the the bike. So I don't know why you've gone and done that. There's a really cool pattern on like running through the bike the whole way. Like it's not just blue and white. I don't understand why you just didn't do that. And, and mm. okay. Is it going to be visible? Like maybe that's why you put the yellow in. Well, no, you'd do it the other way around, wouldn't you? Because the shoulders and everything would be the, if you're going to play the, the visibility card, now you're just running baby blue on the shoulders, which, as you all know, that's pretty much all you're ever going to see when you're looking at the kit front on. Sorry, I've just – the photos I was looking at of the kit were, were when they're riding. It looks worse when it's just them standing. Mm. I've got the image, carousel now of of um, the jersey just with someone standing in it, and, yeah, that's – I mean, it doesn't even carry through across the front. We had that one year with Nero that the, the printing didn't line up. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going to get that changed, but – on the left-hand side, it doesn't match the side panel. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's that needs some work, I think. Disappointing just because the bike's so cool, you know. That's that's all. They could have done better. I don't know whether this is 50-minute club or, or where we're at at the moment, but I just have an admission to make. I didn't realize this. Okay. So <clears throat> turns out you can, you can run a Shimano rotor with the SRAM group set. Okay. Is that news to you? Well, I don't have disc brakes. <laughs> I, or, or a SRAM. So I swapped I swapped a wheel set over the other day and then and then I was I was like, oh, I should probably get some SRAM rotors so I don't have to do the full swap over anymore. And Edwin was like, You've got Shimano rotors, just use them. What? <laughs> What do you mean? What, what is this, 2008, the stuff that's cross-compatible? Uh, like something actually works from one to the other? <laughs> I was like 
and it was a borderline like was really he was kind of embarrassed for me that oh. I didn't know this. But like it makes per- like why would they be different? Yeah. But then yeah, so I was there. You go. So probably the zero point zero zero one percent of people that didn't know that. That's that's a that's a fact. God, that's Good. sad. There you go. Any other maintenance tips, Jesse? I feel like I feel like a maintenance tip <laughs> is a is a great you know YouTube thing to <laughs> yeah. YouTube thing to do. Maintenance update from Jesse Coyle. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? Anything? Probably not, really. Do you? Do you set an alarm to update your sealant, or you, do you just pretend that it doesn't ever dry up until the point where you get a flat, and then you go shit. I see let's try. Uh, I do not set an alarm. No. Um, How do you know when to top it up? I I would just top it up before an event or something that I know that I need it. Yeah, that would be my. I, I don't even know how regularly I should be doing it. To be honest. Read the directions. Mm. Read the instructions. Right. I'm on a new sealant system. Ooh. So it's two part. It's a two part job. It's the silker thing, and it's got that foam in it. Mm-hmm. So you put that in first, mm. but you have to put that on directly into the tire. It doesn't fit through the valve hole. So you put that in to begin with. It's been good so far, but then you go part two. They're all labelled. It's all done, and then you top it up with this. Uh, it's like um, liquid only. There's none of these fibre foamy bits in it. So then you do that at 180, 100, 180 days, I think it was. Um, you just top it up with that. So I got the alarm. I've, I've got the full setup. So I got alarm on the phone. So at some random day at a random time in probably two and a half months, it's going to say use part two of the sealant. And you just go, but you, don't, you just go through the valve hole. Because that's the problem I had with the other sealants was even the non-silker one that has the fiber in it, just even regular sealants, I always struggled to get them through the syringe to put them in. Or you do the dropper thing and then it's going everywhere and you never really knew how much you got in. Whereas this one, because it's relying on the foam that's already in the tire, in theory, it should be easy to get in. And that's my that's that's what I'm running now. One of the things I picked up when I was in Adelaide, uh, Svelo people gave me, gave me, I'm a sellout. Ooh, okay. Sellout. What's the word? Chill. 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 Yep. Chill. Michelle, to test some Fillmore valves. Have you heard of these things? Fillmore. So these are no. They they're essentially a uh, a valve with no core in them, and they therefore do not block. So there is no there's no residual. You're not getting the the blockages in the core where you then you know you try and pump it up and it won't. The, the friggin' pump blows up off the, the thing and it's an absolute pain in the ass. These, you don't need to do that because there's, there's no valve core in it. But, and this is the big but, you can't set, so when you're setting them up tubeless, yeah. you can't put the, you can't pump the sealant through the valve. So you have to do the old school, put the valve, put the sealant in the tube in the tire, then close the tire over and pump it up. So what's the isn't that the same as what you do with a normal valve? Well no, you go you normally the way I set a tubeless up is so the valve and the tire are all mounted. 
mm-hmm. and then I put I inject the sealant through the through the valve. Yes, I'm just confused. What's this valve adding? There's no there's no valve core, so that it won't, it doesn't get blocked. That hasn't been an issue for me. I don't really find the valve core gets blocked. Oh really? Yeah. I'll, I'll often get blockages. Oh yeah. Like when you're going to inflate, yep. you're like, oh, it's not yep. really, or you try and deflate yep. nothing and yep. it clogs. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. I haven't run into that issue too much. Although I am on Fillmore reserve wheels, Fillmore tubeless valves. It does say Fillmore's self-clearing poppet eliminates clogging by breaking through sealant buildup. Plus it's compatible with tire inserts for free flowing. And he's got here a syringe and this guy in this photo is injecting sealant through the Fillmore valve. The other, so the other thing with the no valve core is it's meant to be some sort of like high flow thing. So um, to get the seat, they're meant to be really easy to seat. Okay. Yep. So that'd make it easier with the floor pump when you're doing the because it's yep. it's all going through right. a lot with a lot less resistance. And okay. so there's no and the the, the um, practicality of this, there's no like little turny knob. You know how you have to turn screw down the the valve core. You actually have to keep the lid. I was going to say, how do you shut off yeah. the flow? Do you keep the lid? Ooh, mm. that's a bit mm. so, cupboardish, isn't it? Well, Is that a, a, a valve covers coming back in back, fashion then? Back. Okay, I have to go dig mine out of the mm. bin. I threw them out. Okay, so if you see someone with valve covers, they're probably cooler than you because they've got Fillmore valves. Okay, I like this little cheeky make your life easier innovation of something you already had in there. And someone at reserve double check that for me because that, that it says no clog and the picture of the guy is putting a, that is my penis pump that I use. <laughs> I thought we were done. With, okay. That's my tubeless, that's my tubeless <laughs> syringe. Exactly the same one. Okay. And I was told I wasn't allowed to do that. So can someone just clarify okay. that? Because if I'm allowed to do that, that's it. Go well, on. it does say no clog. Mm. I'm, if I'm but, a, you, but you may clog the actual your, – your issue might not be the valve. It might be the syringe clogs mm. at the entrance to the mm, – Maybe you're right. Where it goes to the tube. Mm. Anyway, yeah, let's um, – Stand that, by. Big, Stand we by got for a, Big issues we got to get to the mm. bottom of. All conversations end with tubeless, don't they? they Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> all conversations end with tubeless unless you're writing for Cafetus. You got anything else? I got nothing else. Nothing else? So I think that might do us, Jessica. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.